You're listening to WCOM LP 103.5 FM Carborough and Chapel Hill. It's a Tuesday, it's five o'clock, and that only means one thing. It's time for another round of Snarky Faith with your host, Stuart Deloney. This is a space where we irreverently wrestle through life, culture, and spirituality, all with our heads in the clouds, our tongues in our cheeks, our hearts in our sleeves, and our feet on the ground. At Snarky Face, the questions or even the answers are never the point. It's all about the conversation. So here's your host, Stuart Deloney. Well, good afternoon and welcome to another round of Snarky Faith Radio. I am your host, Stuart Deloney, and it is great to be back here another week on a beautiful, beautiful fall day here in Carborough, North Carolina. And I want to also just give a quick, I got some shout outs. I got a couple shout outs and I have a few more that I'm going to like sprinkle in throughout our episode. But a couple shout outs I want to give before we hop into the meat of this here with Snarky Faith today is I want to give a shout out to Matt and Nate from the podcast, Your Sunday Drive. Uh, they had me on their podcast last week or so, and it was, it was really a fun time. Uh, those guys are awesome. So if you want to check it out, you can go look it up, Your Sunday Drive podcast, and they have me, Stuart, on Snarky Faith. Uh, they get to talk to me about my life and a bunch of other stuff, too. So you may find it interesting, and they have a pretty sweet thing that they've got going on there. So, yes, check it out. Next, I'm going to tell you a little peel back the curtain a little bit to be able to understand what's going on in my mind today and my life today. So I'm going to do this. I don't do this a heck of a lot here on the show, but, you know, I'm a dad. And I get to do that because right now, as we speak, as I'm recording and as the those out on terrestrial radio are listening to the show, my daughter and wife are not home right now. They're gone. They're gone for two days. Why? Because my daughter is currently playing in the North Carolina State High School Golf Championship. So, yes, Ada, you're amazing. Ada, you're amazing. My wife's also amazing to be there with her. <laughs> I will say, she, uh, she uh, the fact of her, my wife, Miriam's amazingness, uh, continues to be seen as I am, have been Mr. Mom for the past day or so and have to continue to do so as well. So working, radioing, and uh, dadding, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. So moms out there, pats on the back to you because this dad is scrambling around right now. So that may, that may give you a little taste into my mental space where we're at today, but to give you a nutshell, to give you just kind of a nugget, a little Costco sample of what we are going to be talking about today, and I'll keep it brief, I'll keep it non-tangentially, uh, but we're going to be talking about Christian music. Christian music, I know, I know, that'd be like low-hanging fruit to talk about. But no, Christian music in the age of Trump. Christian music in the age of Trump. That's all I'm going to say. All I'm going to say. Not going to say anything more. Not going to say anything more. Uh, until we get to it. Until we get to it. Because we're going to build to it. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna kind of do a little snaking and like a serpentine kind of a movement there to get to that. Uh, but we will get to that. And I think we're going to have an interesting discussion about that today. Uh, but before we get to that, we all know what season we're in, right? You know, the season that we're approaching right now. Some of you may be saying, oh, fall, there's pumpkin spice lattes to be able to drink. Oh, we love that season. No, no, no. That's not the season I'm talking about. 
And then you may say, oh, oh, it's Halloween. Oh, we're ready. We have our candy. We're ready to dress up and have lots of fun. No, no, no. That's not the season I'm talking about either. The season I'm speaking about right now is the impeachment season. Yes, yes, or the pre-impeachment season. It's not quite ripe enough yet to be able to pluck the impeachments off the tree, but we are marching towards that season. And, and for those of you that may be listening to the show saying, what the hell are you talking about? You're talking about faith. You're talking about impeachment, huh? Well, actually, if this is the first time listening to the show, that, that feeling of, huh, is, uh, is, is warranted. It is very warranted, so you're totally fine being in that position. We here at Snarky Faith uh, do Snarky Faith to be able to poke fun at the crap within Christianity, the insanity within Christianity that does not make sense, um, and try to pull back all of the nastiness, the insanity, and the hypocrisy to be able to see really what matters kind of at the heart of Christianity and how far it's gone off the reservation. And in the age of Trump, we have seen it take a hard right turn. It is, it wheels just, you know, squealing. There was drifting and Christianity took a hard right turn. Uh, And as we're going to see in our opening segment, our beloved opening segment, The Christian Crazy, we're going to see what happens when impeachment is in the air. And... Trump's defenders respond. The evangelicals, the conservatives, the wacky tabackies in the Christian crazy are here, 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 here to give you their alternative facts, their alternative takes on why the president is under assault and why he's doing all this for Jesus because it must be, hmm, Satan? Yeah. And we do this week after week, and the gymnastics and the flexibility that these folks have with their ethics and standards and reason and logic, whoa, they know how to bend something backwards, and they will do it. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and hop in to the craziness, to the craziness of continuing to defend Trump from a crazy Christian perspective. So, here we go! Claude Hammers, the Lord is my shepherd. He know what I want. So as we start the Christian crazy, I do have to give an sorry. I, I'm really not trying to name drop and and have too many shout outs in the show, but it really only counts as name dropping if people know who I'm talking about. And instead, I'm just really talking about awesome people that you don't know about so far, but maybe you should know about. But I'm going to talk about Paul as far as I'm going to get Paul. Paul wrote a letter to me recently, and it was a wonderful, beautiful, very encouraging letter about how things like the Christian crazy have helped him to stay sane uh, in this age of Trump. So we do this. We do this not simply to make fun of and to mock because (laughs) I do think that is important. And I do, do firmly believe that that is warranted at this stage. But, but, we also do this to be able to poke at the insanity of Christianity and, and how crazy it has become. Because for those of us that still care about Jesus, that still want to follow the teachings of Jesus, that still want to make a difference in the world today, <laughs> we, need, we need a reason to laugh. Not like the Joker where we end up going crazy. But no, but some, some sort of a reason, some sort of a catharsis, catharsis to be able to process through, yeah, 
yeah, whatever it is that we're processing through, because this is pretty nutty. So first up, first up, first up, nice little one, nice little softball hit pitch here. So we're going to be listening here from Perry Stone. Now, if you haven't heard of Perry Stone, good for you. Good for you. Perry Stone is one of the, he's a prophet and visionary. I don't know. All these like self-proclaimed titles that people get. Yeah, he's one of those. And, you know, Perry's got a little issue with people that are critics of Trump. Could that be us? Do you think he's talking to us directly? I don't know, but it's going to be fun. So let's listen to what Perry has to say. And you know what I'll do. I'll debrief and make fun of it. So Perry? They're trying to place hexes and, and curses on President Trump. Now, I want to tell you, when the devil, of every president I've ever known, I've, I've been around all the way back to Nixon, I have known of no witches wanting to curse a man, but when 325,000 people want to curse somebody, Satan hates this man. Now, he's not perfect, and he needs to probably quit tw tweeting as much and quit cussing as much, okay? But some of you do the same thing. You just do it in private. I'm preaching whether you want to hear it or not. But it, I'm saying to myself, this, is, this warfare is so big. And I want to tell you what he's doing because he's supporting Christians in the Middle East. You ready for me to give you a big word tonight? He's delaying the spirit of Antichrist. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it even gets much for me. Oh, oh, Perry, Perry, that was a whopper there. That, 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 that was so that's something you got going there. That, mm, mm, yes, that Trump has more hexes and horcruxes than uh, Voldemort ever even dreamed of, and at the same time, Trump. Because of Trump, we are holding back the Antichrist. I, I don't think Trump could really hold much of anything for very long. He, I mean, it's that's really just more of the physicality of him and stuff like that, too. But one thing I will repent of in at this moment here is I will repent. Because what I did not realize is that Perry is a true prophet. He's, sorry, sorry, he is a true prophet because when true prophets speak, you kind of get that, like, synthesizer hum in the background. Mm -hmm. So that, that actually, I'd forgot, I've, I forgot that from seminary. That's a thing. That's a thing that we learn. That's how you identify prophets. And, uh, yes, yeah, so if you either hear, like, an organ or a synthesizer or, like, some sort of a keyboard in the background when... When the person is speaking, that that is the sign of of the Lord that they are the anointed prophet. So my bad, my bad, my bad. So Perry, anything else to finish your <laughs> uh huh? Your whatever it is you're doing, not the Antichrist, the spirit of it, and he's also delaying it by his support of Israel. And in the adversary's kingdom is shaken because of that. If no other, if no other things. Read the Bible. Wish I had time to preach on this a little bit, but I don't. And we're not exalting a human man. But I have never in any nation of the world, in my study of nations, even the nation of Israel, seen people raised up with demons in them in Washington. They have demons in them. You can look at their eyes when they almost start foaming at the mouth. And Mr. Schiff's eyes get as big as saucers. And he looks like he's having a seizure. And when you bring up the man's name, these are not... 
normal people. <laughs> these are not normal people. Thank you, Barry Stone. I assume that you're saying these are not normal people because someone that's not a normal people can understand who else is not a normal people. Not, I'm joking. Uh, but that is, I, it's, it's hard to unpack all of that because, you know, because for me personally, when I've studied countries and nations in all of my countries and nations studies of nations and countries and countries of nations, I've never heard anything this crazy before. Oh, what? Do you hear it? Do you hear it? Do you know what this means, everyone? As I am speaking now, you hear that I have become a prophet. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. It's just to say a bunch of just disconnected ideas in a way that really doesn't make much sense at all. But as long as you have the synthesizer, you have God on your side. But what I've also learned in my time as a prophet, my brief time as a prophet, you also need to have the cadence of William Shatner. It's part of the anointing, part of the anointing, my children. It's just how it is. It's just, oh, my anointing is over now. Ah, damn. I wasted my anointing. <laughs> I waited my whole life for this, and I have it, and now it's gone. Oh, Barry Stone. <laughs> okay, sorry. That was a bit insane. But we are in a section called the Christian Crazy. So if you thought that was crazy, if you thought Perry Stone is crazy, you probably should understand the way that things move, like the three-act structure moving towards a climax and things like that, too. So, yes. Yeah, so you thought that was crazy. We've got more crazy for you. Crazy like Rick Wiles. Rick Wiles, tell us, tell us, tell us, tell us. Please, 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 Rick Wiles, tell us what's going to happen. What's going to happen if they remove Trump from office? <gasps> Will it be fear-mongering? <gasps> is it supposed to scare us? <gasps> is it supposed to scare us in the submission? <gasps> please say it is. Please say it is. Please, 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 Rick, please. Are you going to be like, like laying this out over your true news program that actually has press passes? To the White House? Are you going to be telling us that if we, if we, if we oppose Trump, that all will be horrible and we're all going to die? Maybe. Actually, I'm pretty sure that's what Rick's going to say in his own Ricky way. So Ricky Bobby, go for it. Mr. Rick Wiles, True News. If they take him out, there's going to be violence in America. That's all there is to it. And when we say One take way. him out... However he leaves, there's going to be violence in America, and I believe um, I, there are people in this country, veterans, there are cowboys, mountain men, I mean, guys that know how to fight. I mean, did we just kind of transition into some sort of erotica? Like... There's going to be mountain men, burly men, manly men, men with like rippling muscles, oiled up. So when they flex, you can see the veins in their arms. 
Their smell is musky, a mix of sweat and desire. Mm, let me think of these manly men, mountain men, men with well-oiled guns. Seriously, Rick, I'm, I, I honestly think that we just, we kind of just descended into, you know, kind of what I would like to say, like the, uh, you know, like fan fiction, you know, where you get people that are like really nerdy Trekkies that like to write erotica about certain side characters that we never got to hear their true stories, their desires, their wants and needs. I think Rick, I think Rick is like moonlighting here. Is a romance novel writer. So, Rick, you tease, you naughty, naughty bad boy. Tell us more. Tell us more of what you think is going to happen. Mm. And, and they're going to make a decision that the people that did this to Donald Trump are not going to get away from it, with it. And they're going to hunt him down. I'm serious. They're going to hunt him down. I don't want it to happen. I don't want to see the country go this way. But once hell breaks loose, if, if these people in Washington think that they're going to get away with it, it's not going to happen. But they want it. But they don't think it's going to happen. But they want it. They're tempted to have it. They desire it. They thirst for it. But they can't have it. Oh, Rick. Rick. <laughs> You are truly T-R-U, like true news. Mmm, Rick, you are just a saucy specimen here. Mmm, prophecy. All right, sorry, I think I got too much into it. I, I got enveloped in it. I got I got sucked in his world. Huh. Oof. I'm going to have to be telling my wife something tonight. Jeez, Louise. Oh, Rick, Rick, Rick. <laughs> Such a temptress. It is, Rick. I love, I love this apocalyptic Trump fan fiction fantasies here. People shooting, people defending Trump. Everyone loves him. <laughs> what? What is this? Because it is. It, it. It. We begin to see this. It has this weird, 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 like eroticism, where folks are almost just like getting aroused. Like, oh, if you take out our man, it's gonna happen. Bad things are gonna come. You've been naughty, America. It is. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm having too much fun with this. But these kind of ideas continue to spiral. They spiral and they continue to just snowball as they go. Don't believe me? We've got Michelle Bachman in this, and it's only going to get crazier as we just descend forward. But thanks for hanging in for the ride here. So, Michelle Bachman, you have any of your own fantasies? talking to someone who's yeah. been at the UN for three years. Yes. And I have been meeting, I've met with about 95 
of the 193 ambassadors at the UN. And this is what they believe. every single one of them talk about climate change. It is their number one, quote, priority. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I had one ambassador who was practically crying when I was in there because I asked all of them, how can I pray for you? Her prayer was, I want you to pray for climate change and pray for my country because we're going to be underwater. Oh my gosh, like what a wonderful testimony. Like Michelle Bachman is like a person that believes in Jesus and she's in a place to be able to pray for people where people are coming to her and saying, hey, I'm worried, I'm terrified about uh, climate change and, and global warming. Oh my gosh, that's so wonderful that she's able to be able to come for them and talk about this and hopefully find out solutions, right? Oh wait, I'm sorry, I'm hearing right now on uh, my earpiece that doesn't really exist that Michelle Bachman does not believe in climate change oh snap all right well michelle how are you going to answer this what are you going to do when all these people are crying and coming to you and asking for a prayer you're gonna well i want to refer people to the book of genesis read genesis chapter 6 through genesis chapter 9 there is nothing more clear and i would encourage pastors to start preaching mm-hmm. on this issue of climate change and God's view of climate change, because the very covenant was established by God and Noah. And that covenant was that sin was so gross in the world that God had to bring about judgment and that he had to bring about salvation. And from there came Abraham and God put a rainbow in the sky as a sign of his covenant. And he said very clearly to the entire world, never again will there be judgment. Never again will the world be flooded. I always love fairy tales as answers to real world problems. (laughs) Oh, Michelle, Michelle, Michelle. (sighs) Seriously, that is your answer is luck. God gave us a rainbow. Just stick your head in the sand and put your fingers in your ears and say, la, 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 nothing's going wrong. It'll all be fine. Great. Um, one point uh, within your weird reading of scripture, um, just going to kind of point out one bit of this. So, Again, not getting too theological, really just kind of being like a little bit of a grammar Nazi here. So you had said, just using your own words, Miss Bachman, you had said that God made a covenant that he would never flood the earth again. He would never destroy the earth again. Right, right, right. So that's your main logic. Rainbow, Noah's story, no flood, no destruction, ergo, no climate change problems, no global warming. One big part of this. We're not even going to get into really the, any kind of deep theological issues with your reading of scripture. But let's just, just get in with your reading of English and the way a sentence is structured. You mentioned that God said he or she would not destroy the earth again. So my question for those that like to use this verse, that like to say like, Preachers need to be preaching from Genesis so people aren't worried about stuff so we can just keep burning fossil fuels and not giving a rat's ass about the world. You know, that kind of a thing. That's why we want to preach, to make people comfortable. No, but you mentioned uh, in this, Michelle, that God made a promise that God 
would not destroy the earth. When we read any kind of thing, a scientifically or science-based, I know, I know, I know, your kind likes to run away from facts and reading and figures and numbers and words. But if you were to even listen to anything that's happening about climate change, it's the fact that it's man-made. I don't think we were reading like scientific studies on how this is God-made. No, this is man-made. And if you just want to use the basic, 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 tiniest iota of logic, and I know it's hard for you. I know it's so hard using your brain to think. Your argument makes no sense. God said he wouldn't destroy the earth. But climate change says that man is destroying the earth. Do you, do you, are you seeing the difference here? Are you seeing? Are you? Are you am, I, am, am, am I using too big of words? Like, are you seeing what's happening here? Because, because, because it doesn't really make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Your logic, even if I'm using your reasoning, it doesn't even make sense. But if you want to talk about people that don't make sense, what? That was a fun transition. Let's talk about, let's talk about the presidents. The presidents numero uno. Spiritual advisor. Sp spiritual advisor. Spiritual. Paula White. Oh, fun times. Oh, fun times. Fun times. So, we're hopping from Michelle Bachman. Cuckoo talking about how we just need to use Genesis to be able to prove that climate change isn't a thing. Now let's talk about some other fear-mongering through Paula White. Again, kind of going back in the Rick Wilde's uh, erotica version of, hey, Trump is keeping us from outlawing the Bible. If it wasn't for Trump, the Bible would be <laughs> outlawed. <laughs> I mean, I well, I'm sorry. Actually, now that I think about it, if, if it was up to Trump, probably reading would be outlawed. He's not really much on the whole, like, words and pages and things. <laughs> We've got a theme here going with him and his followers. What? What? That's not nice, Stuart. It, it really isn't. All right, fine, fine. Follow White, what do you think? So if we can change the Supreme Court, like we are already changing it, yes. and we can, these are lifetime appointments. You don't think all hell is trembling right now? Oh, yeah. Because... I have a one-year-old grandson, a three-year-old granddaughter. Mm. I thank goodness for DeSantis, who was our governor. We yeah. don't deal with core curriculum. But I can tell you things right now in certain states. They've already passed legislation in states that says the Bible is a book of hate speech. That's it is right. only a matter of time. Those laws are already passed because people are asleep, in my opinion. Yes. Do you but, think this next election... Okay could change America forever if Absolutely. it goes the wrong way. Uh, oh, no doubt about I it. I should have warned you ahead of time that this, like, this confluence of Paula White and Jim Baker is just, it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful. It's just like, <laughs> it's like, it's like hypocrisy squared. It's, you don't often see a double rainbow, but here we have it. Here we have it right now it's just it's just gorgeous and i love i love i love the innocence and innocence is a nice way 
to describe the intellect of a grown man. But I love the simpleness of Jim Baker's mind. Do you think, Paula, do you think election can change America? I just, I love watching how these, like, how these corrupt televangelists, like, volley between each other. This is, like, the world's, like, easiest game of, like, ping pong. Going back and forth. Like, just setting your, yourself up for this. Oh, no. Because all hell cares about, and right, Paula, is the Supreme Court. Satan's like, no! Supreme Court appointees! I just love how we boil things down to the most simplistic terms. I mean, I, I'm i an ESL teacher. Many of you may not know this, but I teach the English language, and <laughs> I work with simplistic language, and these folks work in simplistic language, too, uh, except for they're speaking to people that English is their first language, not their second. Oh! Oh, goodness, but we got more Paula White. Paula, Paula, Paula. Tell us what you got. How much more fear mongering can we handle? But wait, Stuart, we can handle a lot of fear mongering. What we need to do is add in a plea for money. Fear mongering always ends in an ask. An ask. Don't believe me? Oh, Paula White, what do you have to say there, girlfriend? Right now, someone is about to send you that million-dollar check in the name of Jesus. You just simply need to be obedient. Whether it's 100000 whether it's $10,000, it's going to be wonderful that you have your plaque. This is beautiful. I was blown away because I was like, he's going to think I stole some of my stuff from him. Because God's been downloading several things that are so similar, seriously. And, and you have got to right now become one of those pillars, become one of those people, whether it's the 10000 or the 1000 And with all due respect, as great as that name is going to be left there, there's a greater name that's going to be written. Every treasure you give here on earth is being stored up in heaven. There is a department of treasury in heaven. Now, I know Mnuchin's over down here, (laughs) but I'm telling you, there's a department of treasury in heaven that God is watching over everything you do, and you are storing up eternal treasure that will go so far beyond, I think, that we can even begin to imagine that you are mandated by God I feel a mandate. I know I was supposed to come share my book, but I feel a mandate to help you build this. It is. I just love it. It's like charlatans, like plus. Yay, Jim, you're raising money for yourself and me, Paula White. I'm raising money for myself. So why don't we just raise money together? Oh, my goodness. It's just like I had a prophecy where God downloaded something kind of like Trump University into my head, and I went ahead and did that and ripped off a bunch of people. Oh my, this actually, it totally makes sense now. It all comes together. The puzzle pieces fit. Trump is essentially a televangelist. He's a televangelist that just flew too high, that got too close, that somehow eventually had to work and then did a horrible job at it. 
and risked the lives of an entire nation. Let's not even forget the poor Kurds. Oh, oh let's not talk about the Kurds. Okay. <laughs> oh, there was so much more Christian crazy, but it's just too much crazy for one to handle. But I like it. I like it. I like how we ended on this note. So we're talking about Trump. We're talking about Trump being a charlatan. We're talking about a bunch of stooges that also like to try to rip people off and make money off of folks. I mean, this is just, these are all like, very similar bedfellows. They've all found like, it's like they found their own like treehouse fort to all hang out in together. They conspire together how to rip people off together. So that totally leads me into talking about Kanye West again. <laughs> wait, wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. Cause it will. We talked a little about Kanye West's Sunday's services last week on our show. And then I had like, I had a week off. We had, we ran like reruns here in the land of terrestrial radio. But as we step back into things, I had so much more Kanye love to spread around because Kanye went and dropped himself a new album, a gospel album. Jesus is King. And before I even get into my thoughts on it, I'm just going to paint the picture really quick here. So, uh, as I've gone through my different stages in life of construction, deconstruction, reconstruction, and whatever of my faith, I feel like I'm always in some sort of a pattern of, of deconstructing and reconstructing my faith, which I honestly would say is, I, I believe is very healthy. Uh, but along that path, when I have been part of large churches and other large movements in the past... I have I have uh, collected social media friends from on both sides of the spectrum. Maybe I could speak, and uh, and I still I still like to be able to keep a pulse on the way things go in the Christian industrial complex. And the funny thing I was noticing this week as Kanye's album dropped was this: you had everybody. That was, I mean, if everyone I know that's a youth pastor was like, this is amazing. Like, this is so incredible. It is like the best Christian movie squared because now we have someone from Hollywood, someone from the mainstream music industrial complex now singing about Jesus. So inherently, as long as this person that's famous says, Jesus, we're excited. Yes, yes, yes. God is glorified. Jesus is on his throne, clapping, giving a round of applause. Yeah, that kind of stuff. You know, you know, the kind of stuff to where, yeah. We've talked about this in the past on the show, especially about how Christians get very obsessed about people seemingly converting to Christianity because then now those people are awesome and amazing because before they suck, but now they're awesome and amazing. So kind of in a similar light, uh, every youth pastor I knew that was out there was just relishing in Kanye. Uh, amazing, beautiful, wonderful, praise God, everything else. Uh, then the other camp that you would have is people that were more secular saying, oh my gosh, uh, I was a huge Kanye fan and this is not good. Uh, not for the fact that it, he mentions Jesus a lot, but just that the music is not good. People that, that I know can look past the religious element of it that continue to say this music is not good. 
I I also listened to it and would concur with the second party that this is not really that good of music at all. So, so what what that occurred to me was that this totally makes sense. It totally makes sense. Is that in order for people to make Christian music, it has to be crappy. I mean, I think that's kind of how it works for Christians. Like for most like mainstream Christians, it's the idea that, oh, all of this new Christian music, it's wonderful because it's Christian, because it's all we can eat. It's all we can consume. It's the only thing we have. And so our standards have been lowered because the world and secularism and, you know, real music writing and producing is bad and evil. And we can only listen to songs where Jesus is our boyfriend. So apparently we've moved fully, Kanye has moved fully into the kind of CMA phase of his Christianity. Uh, the other part of it was also Christians getting angry that they are saying people are making fun of Kanye because he became a Christian. No, people are making fun of Kanye because Kanye loves Trump. Kanye is off. They're making fun of Kanye because he's off his meds. And also because now Kanye is making Christian music. Those are the reasons that they are making fun of Kanye, not because he is a Christian, but because he is acting like someone that deserves to be in the Christian crazy. We're Trump is his kind of new spiritual daddy. So yeah, yeah, yeah. On top of when we talked about last time about Kanye, you know, there's just updates, man. There's updates. Kanye's been busy. He has been busy. Being a Kardashian keeps him 24-7 on the hook, figuring out how to make money. I mean, seriously, like at the same time when we're combining all this, I really think the Kardashians are great televangelists. I mean, they're selling a brand, they're selling a mindset, they're selling a whatever they're selling there. But it is, it is, it's it's a very good industry. Maybe I should get into it someday. Uh, I'm joking, I wouldn't, because I would hate myself. But speaking about people that probably should hate themselves, back to Kanye. So yes, Kanye's new album has descended into being Christian music because, you know, I think most people have been able to figure out that you don't have to be really good at music to succeed in Christian music. So Kanye's kind of moving in that direction. And and on top of it, which is so much more fun for all the people that like hip-hop and that have liked Kanye, he's going to re-record all of his old music now without swears. He's going to go back and sanitize his music because that's what God wants him to do. I don't know, but... Yay, music. And on the top of that, in all of this, which is a weird confluence of all things, there's also, there's also an article from People Magazine. Where do I get the stuff? I do not normally read People Magazine. That is entitled, Kanye West is very interested in spending more time with Pastor Joel Osteen because they are friends. What? <laughs> we are... We are combining so many weird, weird elements of all of this. And yes, yes. So Kanye is doing Christian music. Kanye wants to hang out more with Joel Osteen. But wait, but wait, but wait. You know who else Kanye wants to start hanging out with again? Because he has struck a friendship with Jerry Falwell Jr. of Liberty University. What? 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 I really feel like there's like a league of shadows or like this, this, some sort of like league of, of Christian crooks that has come together and they have like a large table where they all sit at this and you've got Kanye, you've got like John MacArthur, you've got 
You've got all these a-holes sitting around the table talking about <laughs> how can we continue to debunk people in the most stupid and idiotic ways possible? I don't know. Yeah. He's now part of that group. Yep. 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 All in, all in. So he's all in with Trump. He's all in with these folks. It's only just begun. Way to go, Kanye. It's just up and out for you, man. You're going to make so much money off of Christians making such subpar music. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. Just ask Jeremy Camp's Soul Patch. His Soul Patch is a total sellout. I'm just being honest. Seriously. But that leads us to our main story. And this comes, um, it's, it was an interesting thing that I kind of, I strolled across, um, a story in CNN by John Blake called why Christian music's biggest stars refuse to change their tune for the Trump era. What? What? You can almost write the answer to my question or the question that they're asking in the title of this right away. Why do people refuse to change their tune and speak out against Trump? Could it be Satan? No. Money? Okay, that one works too. Yeah. Money? But let's descend in this a little, little deeper here about the problem with Christian music. Now, we have railed against Christian movies. We've railed against Christian music here on the show in the past. And this is really not just about the lack of quality in that realm, because we could do an entire show on that. But this is about the fact that when we really go back to scripture and look at the Bible, that when we see Psalms written by David and others, in many ways, they were battle cries against the injustices that were happening in the time. Whereas now it's kind of just Christian music is really just recycled into like the Jesus is my boyfriend kind of music that we have on the radio. Like, I'll give you an example. It's it's not the greatest example, but it's it's one I'll give you from recently. So, um, I won't say which, but some person that is one of my progeny had left the lights on in the car and drained the battery. As batteries go in cars. And so, once I figured out that that was the problem, when the car wouldn't start, we jumpstart the car. And what that really means is it's like an all-out war in our household for being able to set the radio stations on the dial. So I'm very, like, attuned to that. And I know I've got a couple of, like, stations I'd like to listen to in, like, the Raleigh, like, Triangle area where we live here. Um, but as I kind of tried to seek through and fill in the blanks, it was really telling and really fun about being like, mm, give me, like, give me, like, 10 seconds and I can tell you if it's a Christian station or not. Just 10 seconds, just 10 seconds. Even with the commercials, I could tell you if it's a Christian station or not. And I'd be like, nope, 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 nope. So instead of us just completely trashing Christian music, which would be valid, we're going to talk about the fact that Christian music should be about speaking truth. Christian music should be about speaking truth to power or speaking out for those that don't have a voice, et cetera, et cetera. And as you'd expect, really, the Christian music industry is really just about money and creating a culture to where 
We send kids to Christian camps where the Christian camps will have Christian musicians sing there, and they will then sell their records and T-shirts and everything else, which will then continue. Yeah, it's a bad cycle where it's just a bunch of bad Christian musicians making money off of Christians because their parents will not let them listen to any secular music, and everyone continuing to say, good job, and having awards like the Dove Awards, which, again, there are a few sprinkled in there, decent musicians, but most of it's just kind of an award for just not being on the main radio station. Yay. Pat on the back for being mediocre (laughs) for Jesus. And actually just dawned on me. I think (laughs) I was saying CMA, which I think is country music awards. And I really mean CCM, which is like contemporary Christian music. So forgive me, forgive me for my faux pas for not knowing enough and not loving enough the CCM world. Jeez, sorry. I asked for forgiveness. Jesus has forgiven me for it. Maybe he shouldn't. I don't know. But (laughs) hopping into this article. So yes, so in this article, they're talking about how we are living in a time where the world is very fractured, especially here in America, that we are very polarized and very fractured. There's a lot of injustice happening whether it be against race or against sexuality that we're living in. And Christian music continues to just be upbeat and praising God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because really what they have found, as the author in this article kind of has found, is that descending into politics, it's a little bit icky for sales. What? Yes, yes. Mainly, what they're making slight ar- they're making a slight argument here is that Christians have become cop outs. They've become cop outs because they're in love with their paychecks, and that the way we should really be able to view music, music should be something that is redemptive. Music should be something that that cries out from the soul. That that isn't kind of like bubblegum, everything's fine, and the world isn't, there's nothing wrong, because we got Jesus, we got Jesus. There's a reason I don't sing, because that's just awful. But is that Christians have really become cop-outs. They can be involved in charities. Uh, Celebrities can be involved in different ministries, but that when we begin to look at this kind of a field, especially when we talk about like the Michael W. Smiths who played for like, they're a, I think Michael W. Smith played for the RNC, the Republican like national conference. And he's kind of this like elder statesman of Christian bad music. I mean, objectively, Michael W. Smith's music is awful, but it's indicative of the crowd that we're talking about here. And we talk about CCM artists they have been groomed to avoid politics. They'll cite things in the Bible that are type of, it's almost like that we have boiled down Christian music is kind of like fortune cookie wisdom where you may be able to read wisdom from fortune cookies, but it's really stretching it. And it's not like you're going to be like, hmm, I'm feeling down today. I need to get some wisdom. I'm going to go to a Chinese restaurant and get myself a full meal so I can have a fortune cookie that's going to tell me some wisdom. No, no, no. It's become trite. It's become very shallow. It's become silly. And, and again, not just because it's about money, but because 
White evangelicals are Trump's biggest supporters. And as we continue to see this, even as we're moving towards the 2020 election, is that evangelical support isn't seeding very much, even with all of the horribleness that is Trump. Now, I will say this, and, and, and I appreciate this as the article points out, that there are artists that do speak out against racial injustice. They will speak out against certain things. But, but, by and large, the worship music that we have from the common era is pretty much just like watered-down pop music where Jesus is your boyfriend and everything in life is fine and we don't have to worry about anything. But when I was making fun earlier of people claiming to be prophets, the heartbeat of Christianity are the prophets, are the visionaries, are the musicians that speak truth against injustice in the times where there are injustice. Like we can think of like Martin Luther King Jr., Dietrich Bonhoeffer. We can think of others that continue to say, it is our job, it is our job as Christians first, as musicians or ministers or visionaries or prophets, secondly, to speak truth. Oh my gosh, am I doing it again? Oh, my anointing is back, sweet! But I've also learned in this time, when I point out my anointing, it goes away. It goes away. I'm being silly, but I'm also probably being truthful. <laughs> For a prophet to call themselves a prophet means they're not a prophet. Uh, that's just a little side note that I'm going to throw you out here. And in the article, though, that, that from CNN, they continue to talk about that, yes, that that a lot of, of, of Christian musicians like to talk about preaching, you know, about the poor, about the hungry, about safe issues. Safe issues. They don't want to go too far to the right. They don't want to go too far to the left. And one of those is a group that I have a love-hate relationship with also. It's not CCM by any means, but they also bring up U2. That U2 in many ways has been a very politically driven band from the beginning and have had, I believe, a lot of theology and faith that have been in, infused in a lot of their earlier music. And I'm not one of those people that's going to be like, I like the early U2, I hate the later U2, but I will say the later U2 has gotten safer and more radio-friendly and more about the money. So when we sell out, we all become people that are basically just CCM. CCM. And this issue with CCM that we're seeing here is indicative of the way that politics is moving within the Christian world. And we see it in the form like this. And so I'm going to be pulling from an article from White Evangelical Stand Behind Trump Despite Impeachment Inquiry uh, from Carol Curry-Villa um, at the Huffington Post. And she begins saying this. I'm going to just quote her directly. A new survey from the Public Re Religion Research Institute illustrates how loyal the powerful religious demographic is to Trump and how deeply alienated it is from the major American religious groups, particularly Christians of color and religiously affiliated. 88% of white evangelical Protestants say that they don't think Trump should be impeached and removed from office. 
significantly more than ever, any other major religious group surveyed um, in their 2019 American Values Survey. Majority, majority of other white mainline Protestant and white Catholics shared a similar view, but not quite as strongly. And on the other hand, Christians of color were more likely to say that Trump should be impeached and removed from office, including 72% of black Protestants, 70% of Hispanic Catholics, 53% of Hispanic Protestants, and the religiously unaffiliated folks who say that they are, they are atheist, agnostic, or nothing in particular are also likely to support impeachment at a percent of 36, uh, 63%. So, we have it to where evangelicals have essentially, especially white evangelicals and their music industry and their new plantation boy, Kanye. Oh, did I say that? I did say that because it kind of feels like it. Mm, it feels dirty, but it feels true. Have found their own ideological bunker that they've gone into. Like Fox News made their bunker. For them to hide away. For them to hide away. And put their fingers in their ears and say, la, 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 la. Don't believe me? Well, guess what? Guess what? In our theme of being prophetic, being an artist, kind of, and really just wanting money, because guess what? At the same time, we've got Halloween coming up. Ken Ham, Ken Ham, creationist Ken Ham, who's got the ARC experience in Kentucky, he's telling people that Halloween is a great opportunity to be able to change minds. And how is he going to change minds? Well, instead of giving candy, you're supposed to give out some of his, what he calls, funny money, which isn't really money at all. It looks like a million-dollar bill with a dinosaur on it, but when you flip it, it tells children that they're going to hell. Yeah, fun stuff, fun stuff. Frivolity, happy Halloween. Thanks, Ken Ham. I'm never inviting you to a party ever. You are the biggest wet blanket ever. But as much as we can say, well, that's what Christians do. But you know what? When Ken Ham's telling us this, you can get 200 pieces of paper for $8.99. $8.99. Kind of seen a theme here. Kind of seen a theme here. <laughs> Hip hypocrisy and making money go hand in hand within the church. Oh, well, give me some good news. Give me some good news. And the good news is this. As much as we see Christianity imploding, Christianity just becoming more and more inert, it doesn't mean that those of us that care about Jesus, that follow after Jesus, need to follow suit. I'll remind you, as people ask me on the show, why do we do this show? Guess what? The show? You know how much money I make off the show? It's fun. It's because I do it because I'm passionate about this. I'm passionate about the fact that Christianity has been shut on for so long. We need to do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. Not because it inconveniences us. Not because we may not like it or it makes us feel uncomfortable. No, we do the right thing because we're that's what we're supposed to do. That's what Jesus called us to do. People, seriously. Even though all these pastors that we've talked about and made fun of today don't do the right thing because that's the right thing to do, screw them. Screw them. But you, you, the listener, snarky faith person, there's things in your community that bother you. There's things that you feel that disrupt your soul, that give you a 
spirit of discontent. Well, go out and change it. Go make a difference. Don't be like these dumb a-holes we talk about. Don't end up on the Christian crazy because I believe in you and I know you can do a good job and I know that you can make a difference. So I send you out with the holiest amount of snarkiness and grace and peace and go make a difference in your area of the world. I'm out of here. Catch you again next week. WCOM is listener-supported community radio, and Snarky Faith is only possible through our sponsors. Lumen, a spiritual community of seekers, sojourners, question-askers, doubters, and skeptics, is a collective of fellow travelers that embrace the truth that all of life is sacred, hope is real, and tomorrow can be a better day than today. All are welcome. You can find more information at www.lumencommunities.com.